there's a part of the brain called temporal um, temporal lobe memory network here and there's um now music itself does not just there's no part of the brain that's just for music like i said um it affects a lot of parts of the brain so the a part of the temporal lobe might be affected by the alzheimer's disease but because the neighboring parts of the brain of that part in the brain is not affected when you play music all those parts are also stimulated and can actually help the person that is agitated the person that has ad that is agitated um feel good you can help them go back to where they were like a lot of times when music is played for people with ad and they just start tap, singing along even if language has been deteriorated it sort of brings back um, something that they were feeling that's ibifibra davis a psychologist that's dedicated to helping africans improve their mental health we've all felt nostalgic either when listening to a song looking at the picture or even by the smell of something but which one of these is strongest at inducing nostalgia between the art of written words music and photos which has the strongest ability to connect us as humans and can we use nostalgia to build stronger relationships you're listening to strange view a show about our social culture and behavior. In this episode, I sit in a debate between writers, photographers, and a musician to answer these questions on the place of art in our social culture. At the end of this episode, a psychologist explains how different forms of art are used to improve mental health. So you should definitely listen through to the end because you do not want to miss that. So before we dive in, I have a gift for you. Would you like to be the first to listen to new episodes of this podcast before they get published? I'll be sharing snippets of new episodes in my newsletter before its official release. So if you'd like to experience this, visit page to subscribe to my newsletter i promise not to spam yeah and the link for that is also in the description of this episode so do check it out and you always get snippets before the official release of the episode with that said let's get into our conversation we are all creators. You know, the art of building is something that's encrypted in our DNA as humans. And whether you're a scientist or an artist, I hope that this episode inspires you to create meaningful work that makes life better, a bit better for the next person. Thank you for the invite. Um, my name is Maya Fabre. I'm a writer. I write fiction, poetry, and nonfiction. Um, I mainly share that on my Instagram at Maya Fabre or on my website mayawafabre.com. And um, I'm happy to be here. Um, good evening. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Iesoge. Um, I'm a photographer, and thank you for having me here. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, good evening. My name is Ibi Fubara Davis. I'm 
a psychologist and a writer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. So yeah, um, I'm basically just very involved in making sure people, especially women, get good mental health care. People in Nigeria get good mental health care. Nigerians, that's why I deal with people in diaspora too. So get good mental health care. And yeah, I'm very interested in arts. So be it um, music, visual arts, um, writing, just anything art related. So yeah, that's me. And I'm glad to be here. My name is uh, Alexander Ashimoli. I'm an artist and I'm really honored to be here as well. Thank you for being here. Hi everyone, thank you for inviting me. My name is Kumila Laubushe. I'm a content creator, bookstagrammer. I read and review books on my Instagram and in my blog, and I'm also a psychology grad. And yeah, that's what I do. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, so between these different forms of art, music, pictures, you know, and even written words, basically, which one of these is strongest at connecting us as people? Right, so for me, I think the first um, option you think I would pick as a writer would actually be written word, but I actually think music is a really important form of art that helps to connect us like so this song like by was it tia savage and this kid i think i think yeah that song i actually can't listen to it anymore because the first time i heard that song was when i was um in a relationship with someone and that relationship ended really badly um and so every time i hear that song it just connects to the memories of that relationship so like if it's an afrobeats playlist i'm skipping that song (laughs) immediately and music is really powerful in that way um the song itself isn't even anything about breakups but those are the memories that i have attached to that song um so that's just kind of an example but music for me anyways um it really helps me to connect with my emotions um, as an art form. So I'll pick music over uh, the other two options. Okay, so music, images, and written words, which has the strongest abilities connectors. I think that they are all strong in their own ways. Like people can get connected to either of them. And it might be, I think they come down to like individual preferences. But I'm also going to agree with Mayoa when I feel like at the end the music might be the strongest one. I feel like music evokes more emotion and we all experience, like music is generally a shared experience with other people. Like for images and written words, we might, the experiences might be personal, but for music, we most time, sorry, is my microphone on? Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, so I'm sorry. So like for music most times, like we get to experiences with other people and because of how like i think the they say like the auditory senses are like usually like one of the strongest one so and people tend to like the way mayua talked about her story of like uh, when she hears the tiwa savage like song she gets transported back to that time so we tend to like 
associates like music with like feelings and emotions and the spaces we were in at those particular points in time so i think i would agree and say like yeah music is the strongest like all of them are strong and it's also dependent on the per on the individuals but yeah music i think music has it oh interesting if you don't mind i think i want to talk about what the other side looks like um so the question is about photos versus music and versus the written word um i think i i think i agree with what they've said so far but i think they're also forgetting one very um unique thing so i think what it is is that music works with how you felt in the moment pictures take you back to what it was that happened in that moment if that makes any sense so while music can make you remember how you were feeling maybe you bring you back brings back some um, memories and um, pictures are literally those memories in visual form that just say oh i was in this place at this time like you just see it and like it doesn't leave anything to interpretation it's literally just in front of you what happened then i don't know if that makes any sense well that's that's interesting like doesn't doesn't you know going to the past also connect you know kind of making emotive as well looking at the pictures when you're thinking about the past so of course the images will bring up memories and and feelings as well but i think that so it depends on the version of nostalgia you're thinking about or talking about because i'm sure there's the ones that you can literally just be sitting down and randomly remember something and that's how music can feel however the photos remind you of you know what happened like the story the things that existed at the time you know like you see a picture of maybe when you were in primary school and then you remember you know maybe this naughty kid that used to disturb you in school you can like as much as like maybe a group photograph of your class when you were in you know primary or nursery school and then you just start remembering the stories of each and every one of them whereas if it's just music you just remember like a vague idea of what you felt you have your oh this song oh yeah i wish you happy birthday maybe from back then i know i'm 30 plus but <laughs> but yeah it's it just reminds you of oh my goodness this was a song we used to play when we were much younger and i remember like you know the house was dark and this was how it was but like if you have a picture you can say oh my goodness this is my old doll that i used to have or the curtains were this color you know you just have like specific memories regarding the whole situation it can of course bring some feelings back as well but you know i think that's also why people delete pictures of their sig- of the of the significant others love gone sour as well because like you don't want to remember the person you don't want to think about the person and having those pictures might remind you of it okay for me i think i would answer it from a personal level i think written words like they do it for me because i journal and i feel like this question there's just so much of ourselves that we might project in it i journal and anytime i see something that i wrote probably like maybe two years ago and it just brings back so much memory there's just so much nostalgia and to me i feel like music is like the weakest link for me maybe on a general level music match like connect us and all of that but i feel written words do it for me um i'll consider myself a visual person too and i know pictures can 
take you there and all of that but written words you just have that power of just holding and captivating me and just taking me back to the memory okay guys um ah, yeah it's pretty interesting conversation um okay i okay i'll just start by saying like i think for me lola would really um she said something about being a visual person and yeah i wanted to say that the brain people are different are very diverse like while we think that well when lex was saying something about um um seeing it and going there and it's painting the exact picture but hearing it it's been different i was saying something like that and um i wanted to say that for different people it's different things yeah for some it just depends on who the person is um there are some people that i'm saying this because i've, I've done some music therapy and sorry art therapy for a couple of people yeah and with visual arts music and um written word spoken word um and all of that um sometimes the images for some people would not do what the music would do sometimes just the music would take the person to that place and the person will actually envision this whole thing for example okay let me just use myself to be honest um sometimes i hear some songs i can go back to what i wore what i was feeling how i was dancing different things but i'll see the picture and without listening to new music and i mean i i the picture is what is giving me that thing like i'm not gaining it by myself so the you know, nostalgia like the feeling i prefer it with the music in that instance because i'm able to reimagine those things i'm able to relieve the moments in my head and it's more interesting for me to be able to come up with the moments all over again so in that moment i prefer the music than the picture and i don't want to say anyone is superior because this thing that i just said happened to me with the music in some instances happens to some people with spoken word happens to some people with images so as people as diverse as people are is how diverse um, nostalgia is in different forms so there's i'd say for me i'd say there is no instant there's no um superior one or there's no one that's better what music is for one person is not what um music is for the other person because the person prefers images and the person would rather see it for the feeling of um going back to come to come to them or spoken word like i've seen people like once they read some things they cry because it has taken back taking them back to a moment where they were with their spouses or something so everything is different there's no superior one in this but while music might look like something that um um that that can evoke um, the emotions better is because of how um music is more tangible i don't know how to put it it's everywhere you can just be walking on the road and you hear something and it will evoke like that emotion but like for images somebody has to actually make the effort of showing you that image do you understand except maybe imagine if you go to like an art gallery and you see the image and that one is different but how common is it for you to go to that place and see that image that will evoke that um, emotion but for music you can just be walking on the street and you hear the distance so music is everywhere so it's easier for people to form attachments with it and music is very um different there are a lot of there's music everywhere different kinds so it's easy for people to find one that fits them and 
last um, like grab it and hold on to it so i would say non is superior the same way people are diverse the same way um, people have the things that um yeah that they hold on to that for them to uh, yeah that they hold on to basically that's it so yeah i definitely agree with what you just said and i think that yes that they are all capable of triggering memories and as you said like it depends on the person and also like a large part of our memory are formed in like our unconscious mind so the, all this the music the images the written words like when we come across them that's how they just like transport us to like that previous time and sometimes you're like oh my god I didn't even realize that I had this memory. I guess sometimes like I would hear something, I would see a picture and I'm like I have already completely forgotten that this thing ever happened bef- ever before. So, and I think like it's not I don't think it's necessarily the music itself. I think is there's a something there's a science of how we learn better when there's a rhythm, there's a tempo, there's a tune and some things like that. So like I know then in school I there are some when I would want to read sometimes I would like sing the words I think the popular example is like that a b c d song that everybody had to sing to learn so like I then in anatomy we had this there was this bone song that I went to learn online to help me remember like all the bones and all that in the body so I think like they say there there's a, like there's research on how like the reading and the tempo of songs actually help with memory because they use like me- music for like mem- memory ter- memory therapy and all the rest so and i think also though why why i actually said like it connects us more is the fact that well as you said and we're all able to experience music more i think you can say like we all experience music more at the same time so there like, there's a song right now that i would hear that would take me oh i'll take it back to that would take me back to 2016 and it's think on that person back to 2016 and that's because like we all had like shared phases in life if that makes it does that make if that makes any sense if you can get what i'm saying but like for pictures and written words you kind of have like personal memories so like it's you personally it's not a shared memory with you have with other people so that is why like i feel like music connects us more as people oh yeah that's actually interesting and for i would say that when isoke and i be said talking about music and you know how Good, it has really been at connecting us. What I recall is also movies as well, and basically anything that is auditory. I would say that has some form of audio. And I know we are digressing a bit into the visuals, and this is also it's actually a part of it as well. Video is also a part of this art we are talking about. But then, when you talk about when you look at the the words that come out of videos and the things that are also placed in videos they do not only impact our visuals but they also impact what we hear and how we sort of understand things it's kind of what I've observed and i see a lot that in a lot of movies particularly in hollywood social engineering is such a big thing and they do it so well and 
I, I, I believe that there is something about passing information through video or audio that makes it stick stronger and longer than any other form of information, I would say. It just has this really strong impact and has been able to really shape how um, society views different things from time to, from generation to generation. So that that's really interesting to me. And really, this thought about this thought about this really came to me because I was having this conversation with a friend as well about which really impacts. Because I was this I was looking at some pictures from 2013, 2012, and it brought back so many memories. And then this friend talked about how they were more inclined to music. It's like for them, it is music that does bring back all this memory and all the feeling and puts them back in that place they, they once were. So it was interesting seeing that we all have different things that sort of make us feel connected to the past and maybe connected to each other as well. But definitely, I think I would have I would actually be a little bit in line with Sumi, sorry, with Ivy and Soki. But I feel like music is really powerful. There's something about it that's everywhere, and even the birds sing. So it's just it's just so powerful, and I also feel like it's profound. I know I write, but for me, I still do think that music is really strong. Then I would say. Uh, pictures, images for me then before I even talk about written words. And yeah, so it's interesting learning all this and yeah, seeing it from all these perspectives. I would like to hear your thoughts on which actually has the strongest ability to induce nostalgia. For me, I have experienced nostalgia while listening to music, even through reading the work. So it's it's very interesting, and I just like to hear what you guys have to say about nostalgia and which you think is strongest at inducing that. I feel like it's still the same, dependent. I feel like they all have the ability to induce nostalgia. I feel like even smell sometimes. There are sometimes that someone walk past me, I'll smell their perfume, and I'm like, I'm transported to like another moment that I didn't even remember, know that I still had in my mind. So I think that the sa- it's the same way, like they are all, they all, they are all powerful. Like I can read books and I'll be like, damn, I remember something else. I can see an image and I remember someone had forgotten or like, oh my God, this was, at this point in my life, I looked like this, oh wow. And like music too, I'll be transported to the past. So I think they all work hand in hand, but if I was going to say like, Oh, which is all powerful. I think I'm still going to pick music, just because like I feel like the memory is so connected to sound, and that is the one that might be strongest for me personally. So I am actually going to just say that it's still music in this case. For this question, I'll go with the written word because the person was talking about um connecting, but in terms of nostalgia, um writing can really take you to a place that i don't think the other art forms can um yeah i, I just I, I feel like writing really especially in my on my on my end because 
maybe coming from the perspective of actually creating the work for me um when i write i think about things that have happened to me in the past um and it makes me really nostalgic as i'm creating um either a story or a poem i have a question for you my wife you don't mind um sure, yeah when you read the words or maybe you read words that remind you of a particular time in your life what happens Hmm. It depends on the memory that it triggers. So if it says if it's a sad memory, then I'll feel sad. If it's um okay, so just, a good just, memory, I'll feel happy. So you just begin to feel what you felt when you wrote it. Yeah. Okay, so you don't like imagine like there's no like a film playing in your head that reminds that like that of what happened when you wrote it, that led to you writing that. No, no, it's just the emotions I, I remember. The emotions that you feel. So you tell- on that question on like the film playing in your head, I think we also have to factor in the fact that a lot of people are not visual. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. A lot of people can actually not see things playing mm-hmm. in their heads. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think for me, one thing that I, I understand from this whole conversation. So if, I think the first question i kind of misunderstood it i thought it was the nostalgia thing i think if it means if it's about connecting people definitely um music connects people because it's like everybody can be listening to like sogia said everybody can listen to the same music at the same time there's music raining at different periods in time so like if somebody says hey do you remember this particular song and everybody's like oh yeah i do i do this is where i was when i did that is what i was doing when i did that um but i i would say this particular one for nostalgia i think again it's like uh, uh fubara said um she said it was dependent on the person i think there's some people who are more visual than others and so the pictures might actually help them more and people who are just you know who the music works more and um i've heard i've read it somewhere or heard it somewhere that you know smell is actually the best trigger for memories um so sometimes they use it to remind people of stuff deliberately so you put in smells so best people can use use that to you know remember something that happened to them at some particular time to just you know maybe like witnesses in a crime and stuff like that um okay so um like lex said i actually mixed up the first question and i kind of answered like the second one so i just like yes i also agree that because music music is very ubiquitous like it is everywhere people are able to like connect with it but but for like nostalgia i'll say written words and i have like a personal example last year i was writing my final year project and i i was journal i was really going going through it and I wrote something about how I felt so unmotivated to write and how I was stalling. Then I read it like um some weeks ago and I was like, wow, like so I felt like this. Yes, I also have pictures from that season in my life, but I really can't remember. I just felt like the, when I read it, like there was just like wow, like it just made me remember so much and then actually like I got transported to that season of mine because I'd actually forgotten like so many things as that point in between that um period so for me yes like personally like just like i said in the um for the other question written words have like the strongest um connection to nostalgia for me there is just there's just something it evokes and i uh, and that's it yeah okay i want to say something 
Um okay, uh what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think um another reason why music does what it does for majority of people is because of um the way what music like does to the brain. So like unlike a lot of things here, yeah, like that almost everything like when when you see something it's a part of your brain that comes alive but with music it does not have like one specific place in your brain that is just for music it actually um it's it affects a lot of part, a lot of a lot of the parts of your brain like that's why like a lot of people can use music like when music is on they want to write that's one part affected some people they want to dance that's one part affected some people they remember that's another part affected so music is very multidimensional like that's for the I mean in the brain and um um and I think that's also like music I'd say spoken word um for instance let me say um the stories that like when it comes to connecting people say another one that's close like as close as music like almost like music is spoken word um for instance when we were growing up we told a lot of stories like all them bush baby and madam kokoi and all those strange things um all those yeah um folk tales and all of that and a lot of people the same stories were told in different secondary schools and even if a lot of things were twisted from one secondary school one primary school to, to another like one boarding school to another um the main aim of the story was shared the main um the moral everything was shared and even if um now we're all gathered let me say and um, people are in uni now and they want to tell that same story like the mem it to be like it might not be the same but they'll be brought together somehow they'll have some kind of um, nostalgia like from from their secondary school like oh you also went to boarding school you want to also went to boarding school and there's some kind of bond there because it's, in, it's usually in boarding school people hear those kind of stories so i'll say that um spoken words can be as um can bring people together like make people bond nostalgia and all of that as much as music because of um especially stories that are passed on from like generation to generation people to people and all of that. That's interesting. This is also something. Is it possible for nostalgia to help us build stronger connections with people we know? Because we know that nostalgia it's it's driven by past memories. We all know that. So if If that's true of course is there a way as creators as people generally we can leverage on that to build good memories with you know with someone in our life because typically for nostalgia it's it's a lot of things it's not just from the people it's not just feelings from the people you know it's not just uh, it's also about from the things that are around that piece of course but in the context of the people that were present in that moment is there a way to leverage on nostalgia and you know build stronger memories is there a way that we can live in the present deliberately to make to ensure that when that emotion comes through in the future or when nostalgia kicks in, in the future it's going to it's going to be i would say more um, exciting not just exciting but would help us feel a strong sense of connection with someone we already know or someone we yeah someone we already know what do you all think 
Okay. Um, I would say that, um, yes, it can actually bring you closer to somebody that you know. Um, that's now thinking about the past. There are a lot of times where, um, yeah, there are a lot of times where people think about like okay like in therapy there are a lot of times where people come and talk about just the bad parts of uh, um, a relationship they had with their friends or their siblings and all of that but when you but when I I tell them to um, intentionally think about the good things you see that their face suffer their face suffers or they just something in them just changes a little bit and in that moment they are, you can even tell from their language to the things they are saying that um, in that moment yeah there's no there's not much anger so yeah it's nostalgia can actually bring people together it can mend relationships even like it can be the beginning of of the process of mending relationships process of healing for some people because um, they are, there's a thing you know, in positive psychology of taking the positive and like putting it on top of the negative sort of suppressed negative now that's one part um but the part of living now and hoping like to create memories so that in the future you can look back at it now the brain is actually very funny like obviously like you can try your best to live a good life all of that like try to be nice to people try to do this try to make memories try to blah blah blah. but there are factors in the future that will that will make the brain select what it wants to remember and one, what it wants to hold on to. Like obviously, there might be general things that okay, I'll travel, I'll do this, I'll blah blah blah. Like you might travel to like 150 places, but like in 50 years, like only when you went to India is going to be something that you hold, you hold on to, and all of that you hold there to your heart because maybe the person dies that you traveled with, or maybe. Um, maybe you left a person or something or you might decide to just suppress the memory so yeah you can try to leave for the future but i'll say that is a very weird thing because along the line um things come in between things change how you see something or how you see somebody how you see situations and that might mess with how um you feel about this this situation like even if it's a good thing in the future you might not just want to remember the good thing in order not to remember other things that accompany it um i don't know if i explained this thing well but yeah that's what yeah and just adding on to what ibifubara said like for me it's just easier to remember bad things like the bad things that have happened in life or negative experiences and i don't know if that's kind of telling of my emotional states i don't know if that's the way other people kind of experience things but um i just i remember negative things easier than um like a happy joyful moment yeah okay that's actually interesting because i think that's what has crossed my mind before and i don't think it's just you i feel like it's something universal and i feel it's also connected with you know why we all enjoy watching horror movies and crime movies i mean it makes absolutely no sense to be drawn to things that uh, you know have danger attached to them and then you look at the media the media is so good at uh, telling telling the horrific stories of the day you barely see anything like uh, anything heroic per se it must be something horrific so i feel somehow we are all drawn to the, ne- the negative emotion 
and that's why positive emotions then feel like a prize when we get them it's like oh this feels good and we want it to keep feeling good because the negative part isn't isn't so sweet but it's in, it's it also feels connected to that and i'll actually like to know what you all think about this now i think it's because the brain, we, as humans, we tend to hold on to the ne- onto the negative things that happen. So that's why we tend to like put more. We tend to remember it more. So like something might happen, the positive things might happen, and you won't you won't put like as much focus if it's not something really huge. You just take it as oh, as one of those things that just needs to just happen. But like when something gets you down, something bad happens, you tend to like the human mind tends to try and dwell on it. Oh, why did this thing happen? Oh, how could we have changed this? Like we try to, we, we, our minds tend to dwell on negative things. That's why it's easier to remember. Like someone might have done, might have been good to you for a really long time, and one time they just do something bad. And your mind will tend to focus on, oh, this is how this person is. This is how this person is. Forgetting all the times that they have been good. So I just think it's a human, and we just a human concept, and we have to like actively work on it by ourselves. I don't think I have anything to add because I think they said it all. Um, I totally agree with what Sugi said. It's just, it's just the way the mind works as human beings. We have a tendency towards. Um, fixating on the negative things even though there's much more positive things that occur yeah yeah okay that's okay yeah so we can just go back to the other question about you know uh, nostalgia and and how we can leverage on it to you know to build stronger relationships I know ID has already touched on this, and I'm really interested in knowing what you all have to say on that. I definitely agree with what ID said. Like the way the mind works, you don't know what you're going to remember. Like except you, it's like um, it, what they call those memories. I know they're like two different type of memories. The one you remember, you like when you are reading, then in school, and then you try and hammer it and hammer it and hammer it in your head. But there are some that you just be walking on the road, you hear something and your mind will just pick it up. And then you don't have a control generally of what you're going to remember, what, is, what your brain is going to decide to keep or not. So I don't really see how, I think like the best thing is just to like live fully in every moment that you find yourself and hope that your brain carries it. Mm. There's something, there's something, uh, that you said, Tashela, about you know how you can leverage nostalgia to bring and connect more people to um, with each other, and I think that most of most of life is recycled in one way or another. Um, many things that we are doing now have been done before, um, and I want to take a quick uh, point out to the recent okay Beyonce. Uh, what's it called? Video that she just put out the what's it um, visual album, and how like there's a lot of I just watching some of the clips. You can see some of the art that you already know, you've already seen before, but it kind of feels very new and very you know redefined in a way that is just incredibly amazing. And like you can, like you you hear you see how they incorporated you know African culture. 
and you know stories from our past and you know references from what we used to wear how we used to style our hair how we used to you know you know, basically all those things and we'll never forget all those things and they influence what we are doing today whether it's our fashion whether it's our mood whether you know so that's i think one way that art is capable of leveraging nostalgia you know to in in connecting more people together because it has generated multiple versions of conversations and um ideas that people are now referencing you know so and i'm sure it's something that we're going to still be talking about for years to come because um there's really nothing new under the sun and it's just like arts is capable of creating that kind of impact you know okay i wanted to add to what you just said yeah about the beyonce thing and how um interesting it is like you see how she did all of that it's us um in terms of bringing people together a lot of africans have sort of um taking it as a thing of oh she did it for us she did it um, with our culture blah 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 sort of um creating some kind of connection with Beyonce like oh she did stuff with Oshun aka she might be from the Yoruba side so it was interesting how that formed into a thing of oh this there's a bloodline so Beyonce is part of is now Af- um, she's um she's doing african things she might be african and yeah that connection obviously some people might take it as a big deal and that is actually still a connection that a thing that has brought people closer to beyonce one with africans closer to beyonce one way or the other so yeah i really like that example yes i absolutely agree with you guys about you know beyonce's album and that feeling that memory it's creating and somehow this I would say 2020 and basically this new decade almost feels like a year of nostalgia, a decade of nostalgia from especially from the creator's point of view particularly, you know, the movies we are seeing, the documentaries. I'm a huge fan of documentaries. So the things I've seen so far this year are really things we would call throwbacks and they are really people are talking about a lot of issues from the past and perhaps it's also connected with our current social issues globally and interestingly we all just seem to have similar social issues it might be in different environments different societies but they all just seem so similar you know we talk about police brutality in america and it's very very much present in nigeria as well and we talk about racism and then there are also traces of what i mean you could basically call racism as well in our environment so it's just really interesting how we are all facing the same challenge and none of these challenges are new so it's it's been it's been enlightening to say the least seeing all these shows talk about things that have happened before and it's almost like they're trying to say without saying that guys look at the past look at where you're coming from and these things have happened before and nothing is really new like you know like said nothing is really new so even problems are not new so it's just really um it's almost disturbing thinking about how these problems are not being solved when there are clear roadmaps to getting at least you know good solution from 
how it has had happened before. So yeah, I I know I find what you guys have said interesting, and I would like us to talk to touch on art and mental health. This was something I was discussing with IB the first time we spoke, and clearly there is a connection between art and mental health. I have read a couple of articles, a couple of research works that show that um, art is often used to treat some mental health conditions. Well, one thing I would like to say is that... Oh. Okay. No, keep going. Hi, Soge. Feel free to talk. Are you the one talking? No, I think it was Mayua. Yeah, I started saying something, but Soge can finish finish up. Okay. I didn't start, though. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> yeah, so what I want to say was that there's this, I'll call it a misconception anyway, so there's this misconception that like every artist has to kind of have mental health um, issues um, and even looking at famous authors of the past, like many of them had really troubled lives and ended up um killing themselves um i don't really know if there's a connection between being a creative person being an artist and having um poor mental health i think that as creative people we kind of feel things more deeply and we can meditate on things a lot more than some other people that would just something will happen to them and then they will quickly forget about it especially like just using myself as an example like i I think I'm actually an overthinker. I think about things over and over again. And that has a good effect on my writing, but not so much on my life. Um, but I wouldn't say that all artistic people um, have mental health issues. I think that's just a big misconception. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely it is. And I've also listened to... It, it still it still boils down to stereotypes yeah so like even with the dressing how artists ought to dress you know people talk about her how, how um painters perhaps should look shabby and you know have the raggedy hair and you know how how the crazy look should also come off and how serious writers shouldn't actually have a very nice neat and um uh, 21st century in quotes outlook and yeah so i completely agree with you and why i would like us to talk about art and mental health mental therapy basically is that we have seen from the papers i've read and from the some articles i've come across that art has a role to play in treating certain mental health conditions. And I was having my first chats with I talked about this. And one of the things that has really fascinated me is this part of our brain called the bronca area. And I know that it helps us with speech, with creating speech. So when that part of the brain is damaged, people generally can talk. But for some papers I've read, it, so they say that these people who cannot talk are able to sing. 
and I'm like, how is that even possible? How does that work? So that has been very interesting for me. I, I know that scientists do not have all the answers to these things. Nobody really has all the answers. It's still ongoing research and work. So I would like for us to, to dive into how art can be used for, to improve mental health. And, you know, share your stories. You've had a personal experience with, you know, your art or someone else's art or art generally in whatever form. Being good for your mental health, please feel free to share it. And I believe you, if you can share the science with us, that would be really, really awesome. So, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So, I think... Um, I don't know if this counts as mental health but i think the fact that music and photography and all and writing and all of these things are capable of speaking to political issues people being able to let out their minds and how they feel in what they write or what they sing or what they and what's it called for example last year i i i have a friend who lost both her parents within the space of two months and after going to visit her just after she lost her mom, um, the feeling, that feeling was really, really weighing on me. And I just, like a song came to my head that I just used, I just literally wrote a song that just kind of was a bit of a release for me, you know, all that energy, all that, you know, heaviness, the song, being able to put that into a song kind of just made it easier for me to go through the rest of that day, you know. And I think that's one way that music has helped to, you know, make things easier for me in terms of my mental health. And there are other songs too that I just listen to when I'm feeling a bit down that, you know, kind of maybe lifts my spirit a bit or, you know, just helps. It can. It may not even necessarily be that it lifts my spirit. It may just be it may just feel like I have somebody or something that is helping me to convey the emotions that I'm having. And I think everybody has felt some way like that in one way or another. Um, uh, that's why some people listen to music when they listen to breakup songs when they've had the bad breakup or they listen to, um, what's it called, sad songs, maybe so that they can cry and let um, lose some particular emotions that they're having. So, yeah. Like I said, um, art therapy, mental health issues, Alzheimer's disease, especially like different forms of dementia and all of that. And um, and that's because um, studies have shown that creating art stimulates the release of dopamine. And basically, dopamine is the, um, when dopamine is released, yeah, it's, it's released when we do something pleasurable, when we feel good, make us happier and all of that. And increased levels of this feel-good neurotransmitter can be helpful if we're battling anxiety or depression. That's why um, a lot of artists that are either battling anxiety, depression, any mental health disorder, they kind of um, create art so that um, they feel some sort of um, self-emotional um, release from it. It could be self-accomplishment from completing it, self-appreciation, um, confidence, self-discovery even. like Creating arts can help you acknowledge and recognize um, feelings that have been lurking in your subconscious. Like You might not know who you are completely, yeah? Yeah, until um, 
you subconsciously create something and you're like oh yeah i'm this kind of artist like i didn't know i could use paint this way or i didn't know i could do this this way yeah and also stress relief for fighting anxiety depression emotional trauma and trauma so ask therapy um, whether it's music or it's any other form like if it's painting and all of that can help people re- uh, relieve stress and relax the mind so um the parts that in treating dementia and AD, AD is Alzheimer's disease, but I'll be saying AD because I can't be saying it. <laughs> is, is just um, something I touched on earlier when I said that, um, okay, the brain, the, uh, how about, okay, it's basically used to treat like mainly anxiety, depression, agitation in these patients because all of these things come eventually for people dealing with Alzheimer's because um, early forms in the early stages of Alzheimer's language, visual memory and all of that they are damaged earlier as the disease progresses so this can activation of neighboring regions of the brain that the music that yeah that the music um, affects can help with the decline caused by disease um, caused by the disease or just help them come back to where they were at a certain point in time. And um, because basically musical memory networks are not um, the whole of frontal and is separate from like the traditional temporal lobe memory networks. So I'm using medical terms, but like imagine there's a part, okay, there's a part of the brain called temporal um, temporal lobe memory network here. And there's um, now music itself. There's not just, there's no part of the brain that's just for music, like I said. Um, it affects a lot of parts of the brain. So the, a part of the temporal might be affected by the Alzheimer's disease, but because the neighboring parts of the brain, of that part in the brain is not affected, when you play music, all those parts are also stimulated and can actually help the person that is agitated, the person that has AD that is agitated, um, feel good, can help them go back to where they were. A lot of times when music is played, for people with AD and they just start tap singing along. Even if language has been deteriorated, it sort of brings back um, something that they were feeling. And um, there are different ways to help them. They could just be tapping feet. They could just be calm in that moment. Um, but yeah, that's what music does. Sometimes it can be painting. Sometimes when you go to old, um, old people's homes, they give them paints, they give them things to write because uh, they, they don't want them to die off. Okay, when they stimulate their brains in that way with art form, with expression, not only does it release dopamine for them, it also helps them like still stay in the moment. It also helps them um, retrieve things, like helps them retrieve um, things that are in their brains that they were there before. But the art sort of brings it out because it is somehow lurking in the subconscious, even if the part of their brain has been affected by it. So basically, that's how like music, that's the science of it. Like music, um, it affects a lot of parts not just music or arts affects music i'm just using music as an example but it affects different parts of the brain so much that even when somebody is suffering from something that's affecting one part of the brain because other parts are affected by this um music or arts in general it helps boost that part of the brain to still um respond yeah and helps the person remember helps the person do things in the moment helps them become less agitated helps them feel good and all of that hey wonderful human i hope you got inspired by everything that has been said so far in this episode 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Strange View, the show about our social culture, behavior, and how connected we are as humans. Here, I chat with insightful humans to share stories and explain concepts that can help improve our social culture. The show is recorded remotely using Zoom and bypassing the network glitches. I'm your host, Etasha Linto, and you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Etasha Linto. If this episode moved you, please share it with a friend, subscribe and review this podcast to help others find it as well. Also, if you'd like to be the first to listen to new episodes, Use the link on this show or the link on my social media bio to subscribe to my newsletter. I'll share snippets of new episodes with you before its official release date. And yes, I promise not to spam. Until next time, enjoy your life.